Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in the Golf News Network. I'm JT, and this is where we talk to the interesting and uh, carefree souls that make up the characters of the golf world, the game we all love so much here. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Find a store near you. And also Gunter Wilhelm Knives, unmatched quality and comfort. In the kitchen, I have a set. I use them, and they're great. Check out GunterWilhelmKnives.com. So, you know, a lot of us have been through this, good majority of us, college freshmen, um, you know, little weird going to school for the first time. Well, if, think about it if you're 39 years old, and you're not exactly going to school for the first time, but you served in the military for a number of years and did some tours over uh, what I like to call in the kitty litter box. Uh, I've been there, so I can say that. And um, then you decide you're going to be on the golf team. Well, it's kind of all those little fragmented pieces or bleed us to uh, Jonathan Shushke, the guy who they called the bucket. We're going to find out uh, why they call him that here in just a second. And uh, Jonathan... Pretty good golfer, and he's back on a college golf team. He's a freshman this year, so we're going to talk to him. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> so first of all, why the handle bucket? Well, it's uh, so I, I did sports radio for a while. We moved here to the Fort Benning, Georgia area uh, the beginning of 2014, and I had a pretty good job. I, I was an instructor here, and, and so I had quite a bit of downtime. Um, you know, we, we went out and we taught our range and, 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 and did our stuff mostly in the mornings and early afternoons. And uh, there, was, there was a local uh, ESPN affiliate here that I listened to uh, quite a bit, and I ended up getting in contact with the host of the show. It was called The Press Box, uh, and his name was Bobby Z. And I, he and I, we ended up meeting on, we kind of became friends on Facebook and we talked a little bit and I told him, I said, you know, it'd be really cool to come in and, and see the studio and kind of see how you do your show and everything. And, uh, and so he told me, he said, Hey, come on in tomorrow and you can come in and check it out and, and see everything. And I'll show you how it's done. And so, uh, I got there, the, the show was from four to seven every day. I got there probably around three o'clock and, uh, you know, we talked a bit and, and he showed me around and. And then four o'clock came and they struck up the, the entrance music for the show. And he put a set of headphones on me and put a mic in front of me. And we just started talking. Um, 
And so I, I ended up doing the three-hour show with him that day. And then a couple of days later, he called me back and he said, hey, man, I thought that really went well. You want to come back in and do it again? And I said, absolutely. It turned into a five-day-a-week thing. And that's where I was every day from four to seven. And so it, 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 that was right around, uh, it was like late January, early February. And we were getting ready to head into March Madness. And, and I'm a huge basketball fan. always have been. Um, sure. Played basketball, you know, back in school and so we got into March Madness, and he was not the biggest basketball fan in the world. So I kind of took over during March Madness, and so we did brackets, and we did a uh, like a competition with the listeners online. And that year, um, through through the final four, I, I picked all four final four teams, and through the final four, I had only missed two games. Um, and then I, I ended up picking uh, the eventual national champion, uh, which was uh, that w- it was Duke that year. It was t- the 2015 season, um, and, and I had the, the I think that was that was the Wisconsin upset uh, Kentucky that year, and, yeah. and I had that picked. And, and so after the tournament was over, he gave me the nickname Johnny Buckets, um, and <laughs> and it stuck. All the listeners called me that when they would call in when they would call in and and talk to us, uh, the, the name Buckets, it, they kind of shortened it to that. It, and folks just called me Buckets. And then friends of the show and friends of mine and people that listen to it, it, it kind of stuck with everybody um, to the point that my wife would be on the way home from work and pick up the kids from daycare, and they would hear me on the radio. And uh, at the time, he was like three, four years old, but my youngest son started calling me daddy buckets. And, and so it, it stuck. That's what everybody calls me. And, um, and I've just kind of, I've just kind of run with it since then. I, I never really had a nickname. And so I thought, well, it, this, this is a, this is an okay one, I guess. <laughs> well, good for you. Good for you. So you're reporting for duty as it were this fall, or I'm assuming like in <laughs> August, uh, to a smaller college that you're playing on the golf team that's not unusual yeah. for people, but it is when you're 39 years old. Yeah. It's a, it's a really unique situation. And, and really up until, up until, I guess about two years ago, almost two years ago now, um, it was something that I didn't even know was possible. Um, I, I played, uh, I went to Arizona in May of 2019 and uh, qualified for the all army golf team again. And we played the Armed Forces Championship uh, out there. And one of the guys I was paired with, uh, one of the Marine players, uh, we were just kind of chatting during our round. And, as, you know, as we're walking up the fairways, as players do, and and um, we were talking about retirement. Both both of us were kind of coming to that point. And, you know, I asked him what he was going to do after retirement. And he asked me, and I said, I don't really know. I said, I, I know I want to go back to school. And, um, he said, well, you know, when, when you go to school, you should see about playing college golf. And I, I kind of gave him a look like, man, I'm, I'm going to be 39 years old when I retire. I don't know if that's a thing. And, uh, and so he told me that he had, he had heard of a couple folks that had done it. One of them being, uh, Tim Frisbee didn't play college golf, played college football. So he, right. he retired, uh, went to South Carolina and walked on the football team and, um, and so I read a little bit about his story, and then I read another story about a a, a player that I, I don't think he retired from the Army. I think he did like six or eight years and then went and played football at Memphis. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but the more I read about it, so I started kind of digging through the NCAA's rules and stuff, and sure enough, 
Um, th- there are a couple of exceptions for military service and like mission work and stuff like that, where uh, your clock, what they call the clock, it, it stops for you. And so apparently my clock has been stopped for the last 20 years. And, um, and so I, I decided to send out some emails and, and, and talk to some coaches and see how that goes. And I didn't really get the responses back that I thought I would get. Um, I'm a pretty good player. I'm a, you know, I'm a plus two handicap and, and I get it around pretty well. And, um, uh, the coaches kind of, it was kind of a, I don't know, like this guy sounds a little bit nuts. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's, you know, all there or whatever. Like they, they were all nice <laughs> responses, but I think they all thought I was a little bit crazy. Um, and so finally, uh, I talked to a few people. Well, they put me in touch with, uh, Lance Ringler who does, uh, he, he works for golf week and, and does a lot of their college right. golf content over at golf week. Right. And, um, so Lance and I spoke and, and I, I said, Lance, I said, I don't really know what to do. I said, I know, you know, a lot of these coaches, what do I need to do to get their attention? And he said, I'll tell you what, let me think about it a little bit and I'll get back with you. And it, just a couple hours later, he sent me a message and said, what if we write a story about it? And I said, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be a great idea. Um, if, if for nothing else, it's probably the only chance I'll ever get to be in golf week. So that's pretty sure. Neat. Uh, and so they, they did, uh, Beth Ann Nichols, uh, she called and, and we did an interview and, and she wrote the story. And I think that story, it, it posted at like 8 a.m. on, it was like a Wednesday morning. Um, and the story posted, this was August of last year. And then I, I would say by lunch that day, pro- probably within about three hours that day, I had already had 10 or 15 coaches get in touch with me on Twitter or, or however. Um, and in about a week or two, I had probably had 40 or 50 golf coaches call and, and talk to me, uh, or, or send me a text or whatever. And, um, and, and I, I kind of sat back and went, okay, like, there we go. I've gotten their attention now. <laughs> um, and, and, and not all of them were, Hey, we want you to come play golf here. Um, you know, I didn't have 50 offers or anything. It was sure. just, a lot of it was guys that were, uh, coaches that said, Hey, if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. Or if, if there's a place that you're trying to go, let me know. And I probably know somebody there and we can work it out. And, and it's one of the things I've always known about golf, uh, and, and the community of, of people who play golf, um, it's, it's very different from anything else I've ever experienced. Uh, every, everybody, it seems like is, is always kind of there to lend a helping hand right. in the golf world. There you go. Jonathan, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back here on grilling at the green. In just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Hi everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of grilling at the green. Grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted Hills, natural beef beef. You can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's painted Hills, natural beef. Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT here on AM860, The Answer and the Golf News Network. Don't forget our friends down at Langdon Farms Grill every Friday night have a beautiful layout for their prime rib dinners. And guess what? They're open now. So you can go have some prime rib down there if you want. It's a really good meal, a really fair price, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, Insta whatever. We've got uh, a bunch of platforms. So wherever your major podcast is sold, we are there. Uh, we're talking with Jonathan, Jonathan, excuse me, Shushki today. Uh, buckets, if you want to call him that. Jonathan's got an interesting story. He's 39 years old, spent a career in the military. Um, pretty dang good stick, it sounds like. And now he's going back to school. Do you actually have to go carry a full load to to uh, academically to be, you know, keep up the qualification? Uh, yeah. So, so I'm going to use my GI Bill uh, to pay for school, and so part of the GI Bill is that I, is that I have to. Uh, I want to say it's it's twelve. Uh, I believe twelve. 12 credits per per semester, I think. So I, I've got to have a, a full load. And I think, it, 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 I think like maybe two of the classes can be online or something like that, which I, I, I'm planning on doing everything in person anyway. Sure. Uh, I'm actually, for, for the first year at least, um, you know, with, with a wife and kids, you know, we've got a house here that we've got to sell. And my wife's got a really good job here at Fort Benning. And, and so – we're going to kind of take our time transitioning them up to Memphis. And so for the first year, I'm going to, I'm going to live on campus and I'm going to room with one of the guys on the team. And, and uh, I'm, I'm going to get the full college experience at, at 39 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't somehow forgive me. Um, Cause when I went to school, we had a lot of veterans. Some of them were in our dorm my first year there. Um, but I didn't have anybody that was 39. I was what, 20 years old, 18, 20 years old. These guys were probably 27 to 29 years old, done a couple yeah. of hitches and then got out and got their veteran stuff. So <clears throat> it's doable. You just got to remember you're sleeping on a smaller bed and, um, you know, communal showers. I suppose that's the way it is still in the military. And uh, there's always some guy next door that's going to play loud music till three in the morning. So if you get past those, you'll you'll be fine. Yeah, I you know I, I spent 20 years in the army as an infantryman, and I, I can tell you, um, no matter where I end up sleeping there at, at CDU, I, I can assure you I've slept in much worse places. Yeah. So it'll, I, I'm sure I'll be able to make it comfortable enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't doubt it, Jonathan. I don't doubt it. Now. The the story that I read on you and prompted me to, to reach out to you was you kind of played with your dad after church. You grew up in South Carolina or was it South Carolina or North Carolina? I can't remember. Uh, in North Carolina. North yeah, Carolina. Right, out, uh, right outside Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Probably okay. uh, a little town called Thomasville. And if you look through your house hard enough, you've probably got a piece of furniture somewhere that's from that area. That's yeah. kind of what we do. Yeah. So, but you went after church and played with your dad and his buddies, church buddies, and that's how you kind of got started in playing golf. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a there, there was a group of you know probably five or six guys and and every Sunday uh, after we got done with with, with church, th these guys would they'd hop in the car. I would always see them kind of changing into their golf shirts and stuff, and they would take off and go to the golf course. And I was I was probably twelve years old. Um, and finally, I, I convinced my dad. I was like, I'll, "I want to go play golf with these guys. Like, it, it sounds like fun." And I'd never played, um, had had never really even watched golf. Didn't really have any interest. But a couple of the guys were were younger guys, you know, just a couple of years older than I was. And and so, um, and my dad had played some golf 
you know, back before I was born, but he, he hadn't really played anymore either. So my dad and I, we, we went and got a couple of sets of clubs, literally went to a pawn shop and got a couple of sets of clubs. And the set of clubs he got for me were, you know, the regular men's clubs. They were a little too big for me, a little sure. heavy. And, and I, I figured it out. I you know, never, never did any lessons. I, to this day, I've still never really had any, you know, lessons. I've, I've had guys, you know, like here at my local club that, you know, the assistant pro and I are really good friends and he'll throw me some pointers and stuff every once in a while. But, um, it's a, it's a homegrown swing that, that I developed out there with those guys. And, uh, it was just fun. I, I, it really started as I just, I want to be part of the crowd. I want like those guys are, are going to do it and it looks like fun and they're, I want to go hang out with them and, and be around them. And it really, it really didn't start out as a love for golf as much as it was just a love for, for fellowship and, and being around. Folks. Sure. Um, and then the, the, the kind of the love for golf came after that. And, and, you know, it's, I tell folks all the time, it's, you know, you can play basketball, football, or you, you can wrestle or tennis or whatever. Um, golf is, it's the only sport where, you know, like you can enjoy the game that you're playing and, and also at the same time, enjoy the people you're playing it with. Um, I think that's what makes it the greatest game, you know, ever, ever invented. And, um, and, so, but yeah, that's, that's really where the love started was those, those Sunday afternoons after church, we'd go out and play and, and, um, uh, and, and it was a blast. I loved it. Well, I tell you, they have a radio station I'm affiliated with now, the group here in Portland, <clears throat> they have a tournament every year called the pastors masters. Um, <laughs> and it's a really fun thing. And I went to it one time. I, I mean, I didn't play, I was there as kind of saying hi to people and all that stuff. Um, you know, they may be pretty good on the pulpit, but when I noticed a few of them, you know, there's a lot of gimmies and a lot of free drops. <laughs> well, I, I've got to, I've got to believe God would want it that way. Well, I would think so. I, I would think so. I would think so. I wouldn't, I don't think he took umbrage at that at all, but I was laughing my head off the whole time because there were the, they don't call it like a Texas wedge or a foot wedge or anything like that. It's just divine intervention. <laughs> you know? That's it. Yep. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, real quick before we go to break, is your wife down with all this stuff? You know, I, people ask me that all the time, and it is a good question because I, I never even considered, I guess, at first um, – how many people would ask me that? And, and I guess the reason that I didn't consider it is because, um, anything and everything that I've wanted to do, whether it was doing the sports radio stuff and, and spending, you know, three or four hours a day away from her and the kids, or, or whether it's been the golf stuff and traveling to, I'm, I'm traveling to a tournament tomorrow and I'll be there playing this weekend. And, um, she, she's a hundred percent supportive of everything I do. And, I couldn't ask for a, a more supported partner in, in all this. And, and the kids are the same way. There you go. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Jonathan, Jonathan Shusky. Uh, I don't know why I can't talk today right here on grilling at the green. Hey, it's JT. And this part of grilling at the green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com.
Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. I'd like to thank the folks over at Painted Hills. Uh, this is beef like your grandpa used to raise. If your grandpa, in fact, raised beef because it was really good. And they do it better. That's all I can want to say. You can check them out on PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Also, the folks at Ben Hogan Golf, tour quality clubs at factory direct prices. Look them up online. You can get your clubs. They'll tell you how to fit them at BenHoganGolf.com or just BenHoganGolf.com. Yeah, I said that. So now we're, uh, if you want to email us, it's really easy. Just info at GrillingAtTheGreen.net or golf at SalemPDX.com. Uh, we've got Bruce Furman coming up in a few minutes with his tip of the week, but we're going to get back and talk some more with Jonathan Chesky. Is there a correlation between being in the military, Jonathan, and the focus and um, the organization, the mental organization and stuff that you learn in the military and playing golf? Because if you're going to be really good at golf, you know, a lot of people have natural athletic abilities and they're good but they're not a plus two you know what i mean um yeah so is the discipline in the military did that help you over the years with your game you know i i tell you i think uh, as far as just a, a direct correlation i believe really just work ethic and 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 setting aside the time to go and practice and, and to go do the things that you need to do to be a good player but the, the, the biggest thing that I've drawn in comparing the two things is, you know, one of the things that we're really good at in, in, in the Army and, and especially in the infantry, when you're when you're planning a mission to go and and, uh, you know, you've, you've got bad guys to kill wherever. What I found in 20 years is that very rarely do you make those plans and those preparations and everything go according to the plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that we were always good at was having a contingency plan and, and knowing how to, uh, you know, in, in that heat of the moment, being able to make the right decisions. And, and, and I take that onto the golf course, knowing that, you know, there, there, there probably aren't going to be very many times where you hit 14 fairways and 18 greens. Um, and so when you, you know, the, the, you might make the best plans for that round of golf or for that tournament or whatever. And when those plans kind of, you know, get shoved this way or that way, what decisions, what decisions are you making and, um, and how are you adapting on the fly? And, and it's, that really to me is, is where I, I spend a lot. I, I try not to let myself get caught up in being perfect. I'm like, I told you, I've got a homegrown swing and, and never had any real instruction. So uh, there are a lot of times during my rounds that things get a little bit sideways and it's, it's really just a matter of how are you going to recover from this? And, um, you know, the, the other part is in those moments, um, uh, kind of in the heat of the moment in the military and, and in combat and, and during those training exercises or whatever, um, being able to keep a, to be able to keep a kind of a cool head and, and, I take that to the golf course. When, when, when something doesn't go right or something doesn't go the way you want it to, um, just kind of let that one go and go on to the next one. Sure. You know, I've, I told you I played in some of those tournaments in the fall and in the winter and, and played really bad in a couple of them. I mean, just played some bad golf. And, I, you know, I, I never got down on myself, never, never really – I didn't really start to doubt, like, hey, can you do this? I think maybe some doubt showed up in my swing a little bit, but – 
you know, just like in the military, I, I just went right back to work and, and trying to make it better. And, and, um, it's a, really, those, those are kind of the, the correlations that I, that I, you know, found, uh, between the two, but, but I think directly though, I, I think work ethic, you know, we, we train a lot, especially in the job that I did for 20 years. And so I, I try to take that into golf too. And I know that you can't just go out and play 18 holes every day and expect to be a good player. You've got, you've got to be willing to go put in the time on the range and, and with your short game and, and stand over a putter and, and hit a hundred five foot putts and, until you can make them all and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that's probably, I, I would, I would agree that it's, it's definitely helped me in, in kind of getting my game to where it's sure, at. Sure. Sure. You know, I had a friend years ago and he had done, I don't know, eight or 10 years in the air force, but his job was the job to have. He was a, a scratch golfer and he went in as a lieutenant. Well, some colonel or general found out how good he was and he got, tra he got transferred to Washington, D.C. And really his job was to travel with whatever general wanted him at the time. And after they got done with their official business was to play on you know, on the course in the Philippines or one of the courses in Japan or whatever. And that was his job. And I said, why, Steve, why did you ever stop that? He goes, well, you know, it all sounded glamorous and fun and, and he still loved to play golf. He said, but, you know, to fly halfway around the world, play around a golf with a general, giving him tips and stuff or whatever, then come home and then turn around and fly the next week back to that same island or course or base whatever and but it was with a different general he said you know that got old after a while so but but he had it licked there for a few years you know and he yeah. he fully admits that so there there's I never I I never got pulled into any kind of special duty assignment or anything but I know like here at Fort Benning like they do uh the commanding general host uh golf scramble once a month and uh and so once folks found out that I could play a little and had played on the all army team and stuff like that, um, the, the Sergeant majors and those folks started coming around and, and, and Hey, if you don't have a team, you're playing with me this week and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really hard to say no to them. Well, I, I never said no, just mainly because normally they were getting me out of work. So right. it, was, it was always a, a good deal for me. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't blame you a bit. Um, by the way, folks, don't forget that this, after this show airs on the radio stuff, we do turn it into a podcast and it's available on multiple platforms out there and you can stream it. You can do all that. All you gotta do is type in grilling at the green and you'll find it. Uh, we've been talking with Jonathan Chesky here. We're going to be back with Jonathan in just a few minutes wrap up the show but first here's our weekly tip from our buddy and my golf coach when he's not shaking his head at me bruce Furman. hi this is bruce Furman. i'm the director of instruction out at langdon farms and my tip today is is trying to give you some advice on how to get a little more power pretty much everybody comes to me when they uh, they're taking a lesson and and they they, they tell me they want to hit it farther I have yet to hear someone say, I'm just hitting it too far, you know? And so, uh, how do you hit more power? Well, there's a few different ways you can get it, go about it. Uh, 
probably the easiest thing is just to develop a more efficient swing where you're hitting the sweet spot consi- uh, consistently. So if you can hit the sweet spot and you can hit slightly up on the ball with your driver, you're going to get the maximum distance you can get out of that golf club. And you should have the driver fit so that, that you have the right launch angles and the right spin rates. And that, that'll help you get more distance. And one thing also just talking about, you know, the golf swing itself, a wider backswing potentially has more power. So when you start your, your club back, sometimes people think they're supposed to fold their right elbow into their side and you really aren't supposed to do that. You want to let your right arm float and go off your side and not fold it in. And if you do that, you're going to have a wider backswing, and a wider backswing can, can help you get more power, and uh, you'll hit it um, long and straight right down the middle. Well, hopefully you will. But you will get more power if you have a little wider backswing. So I hope that helps you. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. You can find out more about Bruce Furman down at the Langdon Farms um, website. Go to instruction, click on that, the icon, the drop down. There's a picture of him. Tells you how to get a hold of him, what his rates are and stuff. It's all really good. So that's Bruce Furman at Langdon Farms. Uh, Jonathan Shusky Buckets and I will be back after these messages. Don't go away. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to uh grilling at the green here on am 860 the answer i always like to put a little emphasis on that you know um they're also going to be Starting next week, I think they're also going to be running the show on Sunday mornings over on the Patriot. So you can um, can't catch it here. You can catch it there on Sunday mornings on the way to the golf course. We're talking with Jonathan Chesky. Do you miss the military? Well, I'm still in right now, technically. Uh, most of my days right now are filled with kind of the transitioning out. And so I'm going to briefings about, you know, TRICARE, you know, for our medical coverage when I get out. And sure. the VA appointments and and stuff like that, um, which, by the way, just to, you know, to kind of give them their kudos, the Army, um, I, I can speak for them, I can't speak for the other services, but the Army, they do a really, really good job these days of transitioning folks out of the military and back in civilian life. Um, I mean, all the different programs and things that they have set up that are at our disposal and, and job fairs and seminars and how to write resumes and all the, all the different stuff that you know, we, we haven't done for the last 20 years or however long. Um, they, they do a really good job of getting us all that information and, and setting us up for, for success when we, when we do transition out. So, um, but yeah, I guess technically I'll still be, uh, I'll still be active duty, 
Well, I'll, I'll still be active duty all the way through October 1st, but I'll, I'll start my terminal leave on August 1st. Um, that way I've got time to, to get up and get settled in in, in Memphis and, and get ready to play a little college golf. There you go. Do you, are you going to be in the reserves too afterwards or are you done? Yeah. So I, so I, I haven't, so I've got that briefing coming up next week. And so I, I've got to talk to those folks, I, but I think everybody, once they retire, I think for a certain amount of time, you're technically still like the reserves could still call you up, I right. guess, if they had to, right. um, I don't think there's any danger of that happening in the near future, but, uh, um, but yeah, so I think technically I would be, um, and, and really to answer your first question uh, about whether, if I miss it, I, uh, you know, my, my last six or eight months has been spent kind of behind a desk and, um, and kind of away from soldiers, if you will, sure. um, you know, in, in a, in a training sense or whatever. And, and I already miss that stuff. Like I, 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 one of the things that I'm looking forward to about the college golf experience is being around 18, 19, 20 year old kids again, because those are the guys that I train every day. Right. Um, and, and so, uh, so that part of it, that, that kind of getting to be a mentor and, 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 and that stuff, I, I'm still going to be able to do that. Um, and, and that was really, you know, of all the things that I did in 20 years, that was my favorite part was kind of taking those young guys in and, and watching them grow. And, and, and so I hope I'm able to do that when I get to CBU and, and, and I hope that, you know, I'm, I'm helpful with those guys. And, um, but I, I do, I, I miss being around those, uh, I call them kids. Um, but I, I miss being around them and I, and I miss doing that stuff. And, and I'm sure that that's only going to get worse, uh, with time, I'm, uh, <laughs> and, you know, all the guys that I've talked to, the guys that I know that have retired or gotten out, they, they all say the same thing. They're like, you know, it's those first few months, you're like, you're so happy that you're not, you don't have to put the uniform on every day and all that stuff. But it gets to a point where um, no matter what you're doing or how happy you are, you, you kind of start longing for it again. And, uh, and, and I'm sure I won't be any different. I would be surprised if you were, Jonathan. I mean, really, <clears throat> I would be surprised if you were because – um, the career guys that I've known, you know, and some of these guys have been out 20 years and they still miss it. They still miss it. It was such a huge part of their life. Um, you know, really helped shape them and what they do and what they've become over the years. They still miss it. And I, I, I would guess that you'll probably still miss it too down the road like that. Just saying. Yeah, you know, I, I sat down the other day and, and I started kind of crunching the numbers on how many days I had until, you know, my leave starts and all that stuff. And, and then I, I, I actually went back and, and I found like, <clears throat> since, since I was born, December 21st, 1981, um, was like, it's like 14,000 some odd days. And so then I decided to go and look and see how long I've been in the military in days. And it was 7,000 something days. And, and I think that was the first time that it really hit me that when, when I retire, when, when I leave the military on August 1st, um, I'll have spent more than half my life doing this. And so that that's not something that just goes away. You know, no. uh, I, don't, I don't think it ever goes away. I think it's kind of always a part of you when you've done it for that long. And uh, and especially when it's been as good to you as it's been to me. You know, I, um, I was I was like every other 18 year old kid didn't have a clue what I wanted to do, but I, I but I needed some discipline and thought I knew everything and and the military was absolutely the right the right choice for me. Um, I, I met my wife and 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 she was active duty when the two of us met and so I, all the folks that I met like all the opportunities and all the things that have happened to me none of that stuff happens without me deciding 20 years ago that this is what I'm going to go do and so 
you know, I, I've got no regrets about any part of it. It's been good to me, and I'm I'm always it's always going to be a part of me, and 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 I and I'm kind of glad that it will be. Jonathan, thank you, folks. That's it for this week for uh, Grilling at the Green. We'll be back next week with another story here of all the fun people in the world of golf. Until then, go out and uh, play a round or two and have some fun. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.